Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, everybody? My name is Nate, and this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We're coming at you late today. This is late. If you're watching live, it's late. I mean, if you're listening to your podcast app, it's whatever time it is right now. It's whatever so, time you normally would listen. Yeah. Now, Charlie's over there. I forgot to say, hey, Charlie, what's going on, man? Hey, you know, just living the dream over here on this wonderful Thursday. Charlie is uh, doing some, doing a lot of work today. There's a chance that he's going to get a work call during this. High probabilities. Very high probabilities. So he might get a work call. We'll see. If this is your first time listening, make sure that you go and subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite podcast app is. A lot of you guys are listening on our website right now, which we greatly appreciate you doing that for sure. Click on every single ad that you see. We we really appreciate that too. And uh, go subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. I'm watching the live feed and it's just fantastic. Oh, the time thing? Yeah. 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 So uh, <laughs> it's just a scrolling, you know, if you go to the wide shot, it's just a scrolling view of the the old time magazine covers. Yeah. Boy, have we got an episode for you today, ladies so, and gentlemen. So we got to talk about time. We talk about time magazine. Talk about time. We've got some ridiculous Second Amendment news to talk about. This is going to be a heater. It is because yeah. we have to talk about nullification. We have to talk about how the sheriffs, the county sheriffs, might be the most important position that is elected in the in the country. I think mm-hmm. it might be actually. So we'll talk about that. What's going on in Virginia? We're going to talk about Elon Musk. Whether Charlie quits the podcast or not, <laughs> we're going to do it. Okay. Look, we're, you know, yesterday we didn't get to it. Okay, there was a time constraint yesterday. You know, a man's got to do what a man's got to do, and I'm a busy man. You are. And so, you know, I bring the liberty goodness when I can, and then I have to tell you no sometimes. I know. I, I don't know. tell you no very often, though. I'm a pretty good <laughs> pretty good friend. I feel like I'm a pretty good friend. You are. Yeah. A pretty good boss. I'm a pretty good confidant. Yeah. Yeah. You're not that I'm, great of a boss, really. I mean, you really just – like, I just left for, like, the last hour and a half. I just – was gone. Well, you'll see you it know? reflected on your paycheck. Yeah. You know, I'm <laughs> passive aggressive like that. That's a, that's a good plan. Um, I want to say also, if you're a first time Liberty, this podcast is all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. So we discuss all kinds of things on here from your day job to philosophy, economics, the meaning of life, which that brings in all kinds of things like astrology and theology. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of epistem- uh, epistemology. 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 Yeah. yeah. Echoology. I'll um, set out for all that conversation. Ecology. Yeah. There's all kinds I'll, of ologies. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so sometimes we get a little deep, but you know, that's where liberty goes. And so that's where we go. <laughs> but um, And I want to thank, you know, I want to thank all of our first time listeners and the repeat offenders, the repeat yeah. listeners. <laughs> Customers uh, are also. Yeah, because you can... guys, uh, you're what makes, you are what make this happen. Yeah. And uh, we can't thank you enough for that. So hit that subscribe button. Like Nate said, just do it. Well, do you want to tell everyone if they haven't heard yet, who is Time Magazine's person of the year? Just wait. You'll see it scroll through here pretty soon on the wide shot. <laughs> well, you're, it, behind, you're behind. It is Greta. I think it's pronounced now Thunberg. Thunberg. Yeah. yeah. Thunberg, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. She's from Switzerland. One remember. of those evil, evil yeah. socialist countries. Yeah. She's from one that's obviously doing the most about climate change. She, <laughs> uh, you know, she's has sailed on her uh, gas powered sailboat 
uh, you know, over the ocean to tell everyone how terrible they are. I put but, in our I put in our article today. I don't know if you saw it yet, but I said Greta reportedly learned of this prestigious award by way of carrier pigeon delivered to her log cabin somewhere in the Scandinavian National Forest. <laughs> that's perfect i said just kidding she probably received a phone call which was of course brought by way of thousands of different technologies hazardous to the environment yeah so your cell phone is made with plastic which is made with oil do they still use made with oil do they still use trees to print time magazine too maybe i don't Mm, know that's That's not not on parchment paper that's not good i don't like it it's not on wax paper okay so this whole time magazine cover She's on now. We've obviously put our ideas about about Greta out there before. Um, that people probably know where we come down on climate change. Um, if you don't, we'll say it the way that Elon Musk says it, which that if you want to say that um, it could be a bad thing to take carbon from the ground and then put it into our air, we're not saying that's not a bad thing. We're not saying that the climate isn't changing. Now, should we bankrupt and destroy all of the world's economies to fix that? Should we kill a billion people on the way to saving the climate? No, no, I don't think we should. So while we support, you know, if you want to make really great electric cars, if you want to make some efficient, affordable solar power, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with all of that. But I do not want the entire economy to be destroyed by way of government fiat, which they've been trying to do for 200 years now. But I don't want the entire economy to be destroyed simply because we're trying to combat climate change to save the planet or to save our species. And then all of a sudden we're all dead anyway. I don't think that's a great idea. It's not. I just don't like it. I disagree. Now, do I care about what a 16? Charlie, ask me if I care about what a 16 year old girl thinks about climate change. Nate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you care about a 16 year old girl shouting about climate change? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about it. Oh, well, yeah. that's news to me. Yeah. I, I, I doubt she's done a whole lot of scientific discovery on her own. She's just, um, she's just parroting what a lot, what a lot of other people have told her and what she as a, a teen girl has decided that she believes in. And I don't like the idea that we have to take these ideologies and then use children to put the ideologies out there. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. It is disgusting. Look, I want to say a couple things over our, like overarching about this type of thing, which is you can tell a lot about when you're speaking to someone or listening to someone about where they're coming from based on the words that are coming out of their mouth. And a lot of times when I have debates with people, Uh, especially from the left, they just regurgitate the same exact talking points, whether it's about greed or climate change or 97%. They get these buzzwords that they hold on to that they think, well, I'll just use that in an argument and nothing else can be said because now I've won and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And look, we all have biases. Even on this show, we have a bias towards Liberty. Yeah. That's our bias. I read and interpret everything in my life and how it affects the freedom that I, not only I have, but people have to do what they want to do. So that's my bias. I come from a freedom perspective. I don't, or a Liberty perspective. I don't come at anything from a Republican or Democrat perspective, but a lot of people come from things uh, from a left or right perspective or Democrat, Republican or socialist or capitalist or whatever. Um, And so we all have biases. And so what I challenge people like Greta to do or anyone else that I have debates with is I understand that it takes a lot of time to research and be an expert in something. 
not every your average ordinary person doesn't have time for that. You know, that's why one of the reasons why we do what we do is we take the time to yeah. actually research uh, different economic pieces. Like Nate and I have both read uh, pieces from Karl Marx. Yeah. So that we understand where he was coming from. We've also read Thomas Sowell and Milton Friedman and these different economic principles. Uh, we happen to be experts in healthcare. We've taken the time and a lot of people rely on different news outlets and different types of things like this, these different forums and summits to get their education from essentially. Um, and what I challenge those people to do is if you're going to do that, if you're going to rely on other people to do the research for you, because I understand of time constraints, my thing is, is get it from multiple sources before you make up your mind. Yeah. So Greta yeah. has been told her, her, her entire life, her whole 16 years so far on, on this planet, on this dying planet, <laughs> she's been told that the, the earth is dying and climate change is real and humans are causing it. And 97% of scientists agree. Want to know how I know that? Because when you listen to her speak, she says all of those things. Yeah. And so she's never listened to the other side to maybe think about, is it possible that maybe humans aren't causing it? And so I'm, uh, I'm not so much frustrated with time magazines cover because who reads time magazine anymore? No one, no one. They don't even no pay one. their journalists, by the <clears> way, <throat> they don't even pay their journalists anymore. So who reads it? No one cares. No one cares about the time magazine cover, except, uh, how it makes you feel. And of course, seeing Greta on there makes everyone, at least I think on the right or other people that actually care about policies and economics, uh, shrill a little bit. Like really, I, I saw that there was a poll. Um, I guess time magazine does an online poll for the cover mm. of person of the year and yeah. the Hong Kong <clears throat> protesters got 96% of the vote. Yeah. Yet apparently weren't considered. Hmm. They've done groups before. It's not always just one person, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, they've done yeah, entire like groups. U.S. scientists. Yeah, we've actually got all of we've got all of their previous persons of the year, and we're going to talk about some of those today, and why you know why we shouldn't take this Time Magazine cover as now. Listen, the people who print Time Magazine, I I agree, they probably believe that Greta Thunberg is actually truthful and is right about everything that she's saying. They probably believe that, but I don't take the person of the year as them saying that. And why would you ask? Well, because of all the people that they've had previously as their person of the year, as you can see on the screen right here, I'm putting up uh, just a few that I picked out. They've picked Mark Zuckerberg as the person of the year. Now, I don't think that all the people at Time Magazine just love Mark Zuckerberg. They've even picked Joseph Stalin as the person of the year back in the 30s. I think it was 38 or 39. They and now, I, so I don't think that in 1938 or 39 that they thought that Joseph Stalin was an amazing person and that everything he was doing was great and that what we needed to model Russia and we needed to do it. I don't think that they thought that at that point in time. I think the person of the year is whoever was the most influential, uh, the most infuriating, the most talked about overall, that person during the year. The I think number that's, one Google searched. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's overall who they go with. Yeah. So I do want to say, this sounds like in defense of Time Magazine, but I don't want to say it that way. In defense of their marketing department, this was genius on, on their part. 
because this is the most anyone's going to talk about Time Magazine until next year's person of the year. Right. So it was very smart on, on that side of things. But we, I did this article earlier just pointing to the fact that Hitler was person of the year. I don't think that they thought that Hitler was amazing. That was 1938. Yeah, and that everything Hitler was doing was great. I don't think that's what they thought. They even had George Bush as person of the year. Twice. They had Donald Trump as person of the year. Okay, so you have to remember that this is them trying to say, this is who I think was the most talked about. This is who I think was the most influential and in, uh, overall in the world this year. It doesn't exactly mean that that's who they think was the best and brightest and most virtuous and overall best person, which I agree they might think that now about Greta. But as if you're a conservative listening, we have to remember that this same magazine picked Donald Trump as person of the year in 2016. And if you're a liberal listening, then you have to remember that the same magazine picked Donald Trump as person of the year and Hitler and Stalin and George Bush and Bill Clinton and Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon, all the, all kinds of different people all the time they've picked to be person of the year. And it's just a really, really good marketing tactic on, on their part. And to their marketing department, I I applaud thee. Good job. I salute thee. Yeah. Old, old uh, Putin's on here in 2007. Yeah, yeah. Vladimir Putin's on there. And you know what? Everyone else has been on Time Magazine because in 2006, the persons of the year was you. <laughs> everyone. It was everyone. Has it been Time collective. Magazine's person of the year. Even the climate deniers. Yeah. They, everyone. in 2006, you know? So... <laughs> Just like, uh, you know, who won People Magazine's uh, Hottest Man of the Year award, which is weird that they can do that because, I didn't, uh, again, I'm not sure what a man is. <laughs> but uh, Oh, man, when they pick a, a biological woman for hottest man. Of the year. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Take that, women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, all you feminists that care about women's rights. Um, you kind of like the uh, the woman of the year was... <laughs> ESPN's wasn't it woman of the year or whatever who won the the it was Bruce Jenner oh yeah, yeah. Caitlyn Jenner I guess I could, now. See, I could see that yeah um I can't remember where I was going with this but it doesn't matter <laughs> another one that kind of throws me off here is 2009 Ben Bernanke so I don't know if you guys know remember who that was but he was the Fed chair yeah during the collapse and by so, the way and so this is after the the market yes. collapse and they named Ben Bernanke the person of the year so yeah. I mean just take it for what it is, which is them saying that this might be the most talked about or most, most influential person. It doesn't necessarily mean that this person is just amazing and perfect and great and everything that they do is good. That's not exactly what it means. Yep. So that's all I have to say about that. Let's get on to so, some, uh, some good old fashioned gunpowder talk. Yeah. So the wild, wild West. I'm sure you guys have seen what's going on in Virginia. Uh, if you haven't, they've got this bill that is proposed in their legislature that is uh, being compared, being called a gun confiscation bill. And I do actually have the summary of the bill from the actual Virginia legislature's page. So I brought in the summary of the bill on the legislature's page. So I'm not making it up or anything like that. But what's happening are all of these counties in Virginia are becoming second amendment sanctuaries, which is, which is amazing. That's that's really cool. And what, so what you're seeing is they're saying we don't care what the state enacts as a law for gun laws. It's unconstitutional. We've taken an oath 
to uphold the Constitution. That's what our oath is. And so we are not going to enforce whatever that law is. Uh, so I wanted to bring in this article from the Washington Post, which says that that is a ridiculous idea, what I just said. Do you want to do you want to go through it? Do you want me to? Well, no, I was going to just remind people mm -hmm. that the, you know, Virginia is now uh, newly controlled. Both houses and the governor are all Democrat. Yeah. And so not only is this uh, being proposed, it is being said as likely to pass. Yeah. That was as of last night. So this article was written at 10 p.m. last night. Can we just remind These, everyone, by the way, Virginia's governor admittedly wore blackface he wore yeah. blackface they found it out and he is still the governor and if he signs this law everyone's gonna be like oh that's the governor is good you know that he's he's a great governor why where's all the where's all the liberals calling for this guy to resign yeah where's the outrage good lord can you imagine if it came out that a republican governor wore blackface do you think they would ever shut up about anything that that governor ever did i could probably never be president because i joked about yeah. Being blackface for Halloween this year. You guys can go back if you want to hear it. <laughs> Charlie joked about being blackface this year. Yeah. So he can never run for office. Ever. Probably not. Yeah. I would do it. I would be like Dave Chappelle and just do it. <laughs> just, just do it. Not apologize and just yeah. laugh at everybody. Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. All right. You're right, reading. Take, you uh, take us through the, okay. our violation of our. OK, so this is from the rights. This is from The Washington Post. And this is a this is the opposite side of the argument, by the way. I just wanted to present this and then we can and then we can talk about that. Hold on. Can I get a little uh, boot? There we go. OK, a boost so in the headphones. mischief makers with an with an agenda promote gun sanctuaries in Virginia from The Washington Post. Vigil, <laughs> vigilanteism, with its alluring tingle of defiance and frontier justice, conjures a cinematic idea of American individualism. A similar impulse is at work among advocates of the so-called Second Amendment sanctuary movement, a trend in mainly rural counties declaring they will refuse to enforce restrictive state gun laws. Both are examples of indivi individuals who, lacking legal authority, put themselves above the law thereby promoting chaos jesus <laughs> this is not slanted whatsoever no in virginia the movement has lately become a fad spurred by legislative election results that will starting in january hand pro-gun controlled democrats control of both houses of the general assembly for the first time in a generation generation with a Democrat also in the governor's mansion, some rural Republicans are raising the specter of mass gun confiscations and pronouncing themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries. The idea in the term itself has gained traction in Western states and elsewhere, inspired by sanctuary cities that have adopted policies barring cooperation with federal immigration officials to deport unauthorized migrants. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the idea, liberal cities. The distinction between the two sanctuaries is basic. Localities that have passed resolutions declaring themselves Second Amendment sanctuary jurisdictions are threatening to ignore laws enacted by duly elected state legislatures and signed by governors. Immigration-focused sanctuary localities are breaking no law. <laughs> <laughs> rather this. they are refusing purely voluntary cooperation and service to federal law enforcement and in practice sanctuary cities often do and should fully coordinate with immigration and customs enforcement in cases involving violent felons such as murderers and rapists and i'm sure look the, all of the police officers will 
you know, coordinate with federal officials when it comes to violent gun owners. I'm, I'm that sure are they will, such as murderers and rapists. Yeah, I'm, that's probably <laughs> true. I we could we could assume that that's true. Right. In Virginia, with this hogwash. In Virginia, local governing bodies and a few dozen Appalachian, Southwest, and Central Piedmont counties have passed or are considering resolutions declaring themselves gun sanctuaries. In many, longtime gun owners are hunters who say their way of life is threatened by liberal lawmakers in Richmond. This is a nonsense fanned by mischief makers with an agenda. In fact, the gun legislation with the best chance of passage would promote public safety by requiring universal background checks, a measure with overwhelming bipartisan support among Virginians in public opinion surveys. Other bills with broad support would limit the number and types of weapons that can be sold. For instance, by restricting handgun purchases by individuals to one per month. An anti-trafficker measure that was the law in Virginia for 20 years before it was repealed in 2012. Okay, so I've actually got the law, the the summary of the law, which is actually from Virginia.gov. So we can this actually is the real deal. We can actually read what Virginia itself, the legislature, has said is in this law. Okay, so this is Bill SB 16. Prohibiting sale, transport, etc., of assault firearms and certain firearm magazines. Penalties. <clears throat> okay, expands the definition of assault firearm and prohibits any person from importing, selling, transferring, manufacturing, purchasing, possessing, or trans or transporting a assault an assault firearm. A violation is a class six felony. The bill prohibits a dealer from selling, renting, trading, or transferring from his inventory an assault firearm to any person. The bill also prohibits a person from carrying a shotgun with a magazine that will hold more than seven rounds of the longest ammunition for which it is chambered in a public place. Under existing law, this prohibition applies only in certain localities. The bill makes it a class one misdemeanor to import, sell, barter, or transfer any firearm magazine designed to hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. Okay, that is the entire summary of this bill that is on the Virginia legislature's website, just, just so everyone knows. Mm -hmm. Now, did that sound like some mischief makers are just feigning false flames about some kind of gun confiscation or gun control bill? Yeah, does that sound like nonsense? It doesn't Washington really, Post. doesn't really sound like nonsense to me. It sounds like a direct <clears throat> violation of your, not only, uh, you know, United States constitutional right, your inherent right, but also... Believe it or not, Virginia has its own state constitution. It does. Which also yeah. declares the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah. Shall not. It says shall not. Shall not. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think about nullification, Charles? Well, I How think do you feel about that? I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of people think that government is run from the top down. Yeah. And it's actually not because government's actually run by the people. And you're the most powerful person closest to you is actually your sheriff, by yeah. the way, your county sheriff or local sheriff. However, they're divvied out. Most of the time it's by county in most states. That sheriff actually is the most local office that actually swears to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah, it does say and domestic. Yes. OK, so. <clears throat> Uh, I think the idea of 
localities, counties, even municipalities, whatever they are, standing up to state and federal governments. I believe that um, even states that stand up to federal governments, that nullification of federal law, much like Colorado and California and Michigan and <clears throat> Illinois, I've yeah. all done by legalizing marijuana. Exactly. So they say, hey, federal government, we see that you still have outlawed this delicate piece of grass that people like to do things with that give them certain benefits or maybe impair themselves just a tiny bit. But uh, we see that that's still a scheduled one substance and it's completely illegal. It gives people a lot of time in jail. However, in our state, our constituents, our citizens, Illinois citizens, Colorado citizens, they're our citizens. We have chosen to give you the middle finger on your marijuana <laughs> prohibition. See, now in that light, I bet a lot of liberals would agree with nullification. They, they probably have gone to Colorado to smoke some. Yeah. And they're not sitting there worried like, oh, my God, this is so wrong. This is a federal ban on marijuana. I can't right. be doing this. No, that's not what they're doing whatsoever. They're saying, oh, thank God the state doesn't give two craps what the federal law is whatsoever. Exactly. That's what they're thinking. And so your local, your county, your city can do the exact same thing to an overreaching state government. Yeah. And now one thing I want to say about the marijuana thing, because you could say, well, in this example, those are states that are nullifying the federal law. Well, the Constitution says you have a right to bear arms, and this could be a state nullifying the federal at that point in time it's not the same thing though because any law that is not made in pursuance thereof to the constitution is null and void and that is that is in what's that 10th amendment i guess something like that well the 10th amendment <clears throat> says that that's the yeah states yeah. this was states rights this was writing by thomas jefferson and james madison they all all the founders agreed that anything con contrary to the constitution is null and void yeah but the 10th <clears throat> amendment states that Anything that is not delegated to the federal That's government right. is left to the states and the people. However, your bill of rights, they transcend all, um, all entities of government, all of them. I don't care if you're, if it's your school board, they transcend all entities of government. <clears throat> that is your, your, uh, the, the first 10 amendments, the bill yeah. of rights. Yeah. So they transcend <clears throat> all of, all of government. What you're about the, what about the supremacy clause? What well, about that? And then see, that's where you were going with uh, the, <clears throat> the the supremacy clause is in the um, it's not the is it in the preamble to the Constitution? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know the actually no, it's not, not. the actual preamble. Yeah, um, I believe it's in Article One of the Constitution. I have to look it up to make sure. It's been a while since I've read that, but the supremacy clause does say <clears throat> that this Constitution. And United States law made in pursuance thereof. So any United States law that's made in pursuance of the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Uh, I think Article actually, six, clause two. Article six. So that's at the end of the of the Constitution. So it's saying, hey, this Constitution that we've devised uh, is the supreme law of the land. And any United United States code, which means uh, law that is made by Congress and signed <laughs> by the president. Uh, that is made in pursuance of the Constitution, which means it cannot be contrary to the Constitution, is the supreme law of the land, which is why we have <clears throat> issues with different federal laws that are actually not made in pursuance of the Constitution. For instance, Obamacare is a good example yeah. where you force people to buy a product or service. 
Um, and because they went under the guise of taxation, then they skirted around that whole entire thing. It's a really is, funny thing where they said that it wasn't, you know, it was sold as a penalty, a penalty. And then the Supreme court decided, well, it's okay because it's a tax. Yeah. They changed the actual yeah. wording. <laughs> the word said penalty. And yeah. they, they somehow transferred the meaning of the word penalty to also somehow mean tax. Yeah. So they must've updated <clears throat> Webster's dictionary. It's just, this is a thing that if you're someone who cares about uh, the minority not just minorities, but the minority. That's the reason our government is set up to not come from top down, but to be from the bottom up. That's the whole point of the government. It's supposed to come from the people and then up to the federal government. And, that, and that's why our cities decide to form counties. And then the counties decide that they're going to form states. And then all the states decide that they are going to group together and call it the United States. And it starts from the bottom. It doesn't go top down. It wasn't one giant country that decided, why don't we separate our giant country into 50 different states? And then we'll, we'll dictate that those states each separate themselves out in the counties. That's, that's not how it was built. So you, you want your sheriff to have these types of powers because you want the closest person to you who is there to uphold the constitution that is elected you want the closest person to you to be able to nullify things that are made that are contrary to the constitution and in the bill of rights where they're protecting rights that were not given to you by the government where they're saying that you were born with these rights and we are going to protect those rights for you the sheriff is the the first person the the buck stock stops there at that point, they say, you have these rights and we're going to protect them. And when someone decides that they're going to do something to take away your right, your creator given right to bear arms, then yes, the, the sheriff should say that is not in pursuance to the constitution. Therefore, that law is null and void. I'm not going to enforce that. That's, I don't have to execute that's, it. That's their job. Exactly. That Yeah. And, and just as, you know, a state government would to the federal government, as you were talking about, it's the same with the, with the locality to the state government Yeah. to say, look, state, you do not have the man force to enforce your unconstitutional laws. And you need me and my deputies to oblige your unconstitutional requests. <clears throat> yeah. And because I swore an oath, I will not violate my oath to execute your unlawful law. Therefore, I won't do it. And if you try to interf interfere with my citizens in my county, then I will deputize anybody I want to to make sure all of your people are arrested because yeah. these are ultimately <clears throat> my citizens. Now They're no one else's. They elected me as their police officer, as their security force. Where I think they'll run into some issues is with the state governor uh, threatening to use the National Guard and to use state police because it's not exactly clear where the jurisdiction is on on that end if it is a state law at that point in time now the federal you've got to be in violation of a federal law at that point in time for them to have jurisdiction but for it to be a in uh you know in violation of a state law then it is possible 
for the state police to be able to get involved. It is possible for the governor to use the National Guard. It could really turn into some legitimate standoffs in Virginia. Well, so, I was going to say, if that <laughs> happens, welcome to American Revolution 2.0. Exactly. And I, and I don't think it would happen. It's a, it's a threat. Now, if you have this many counties in Virginia, I can't remember how many it is. If you have all these people deciding that they are going to not enforce that, the state governor is not going to take on all those counties with the National Guard. Well, and you have to wonder not going to happen. how many soldiers are actually going to follow orders because they yeah. also took an oath yeah. to mm-hmm. uh, uh, protect and defend the Constitution. So, And you know that there are some Second Amendment advocates, like people who are massive. in the National Guard are not going to want to get involved with uh, trying to enforce unconstitutional gun laws. That's the last thing they're going to want to be involved with. Yeah, exactly. They, you know, these soldiers and a lot of them actually end up going to war to protect things like freedom of speech and, and your right to keep and bear arms. That's one of the most important things to them. So I think if this happens, I mean, heck, you might even have the the uh, the leader of the National Guard, whoever it is, is going to tell Ralph Northam the governor of Virginia, hey, go screw yourself. Yeah. Like, I'm not deploying any, I'm not deploying my platoon. Yeah. I'm not deploying, or I guess uh, they have, uh, sergeants have platoons. I can't remember what the officers have. I guess the National Guard. Yeah, the National <laughs> Whoever Guard. Whoever the general of the Virginia National Guard is. <laughs> we'll be like, hey, Ralph, go screw yourself, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing this. Screw yourself, blackface. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what he's going to say. <laughs> uh. So this is cool. I've actually, um, I reached out just a couple hours ago to to um, the people who run this, this organization. You guys have probably heard of it before, but it's called the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. This was started by a guy named Richard Matt. Mac, Sheriff Mack, who uh, became famous for nullifying some some laws. And a lot of these guys became famous for some of the immigration laws where we wouldn't exactly agree with what it was because we're libertarians. We come down on a weird side on immigration here. There's a it's kind of a kind of a weird line. But a lot of these sheriffs became famous because they because of the immigration laws. Um, some of them became famous. I think it was in either Arizona or New Mexico or both because of the uh, they would call it profiling basically where they were basically pulling over hispanic people and checking their identification to make sure that they are citizens and i can't really get i can't really get down with that that's not really something i can agree with but anyway this group that he uh, that he has formed along with some other people they're trying to basically get a lot of sheriffs sheriffs on board so they will all agree to nullify unconstitutional laws. There's a pretty cool thing that happened at a uh, rally that he was speaking at. It was called the Tribute to Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers. So naturally, this guy's going to be speaking at that. Uh, so this this guy, a local guy named Paul Bedreau, raised his hand from the third row and said, what do you do about the sheriffs that are complicit with the federal government? Uh, Mac replied, ignore them. He reminded the audience that there are nearly 3,100 sheriffs in the country and that the association is aiming to get approximately one-fourth of them to support its mission. If we get that six or 700, there's going to be no stopping. And then everybody in this country has at least two or three places in each state where they can go for refuge. Find a true constitutional sheriff who will tell the federal government you're not going to abuse citizens anymore. That's... And that's that's exactly what we're talking about all the time when it comes to trying to keep your government as local as possible. 
because what you want to have is if Davidson County here in Nashville decides they're going to adhere to Tennessee's unconstitutional gun ban, whatever, that's not what they're doing, but if they decided they were going to adhere to that, but then Williamson County right next to it said, well, we're not going to enforce that. Well, it's not that hard for me to pick up and move to Williamson or Rutherford or, or any of these other counties outside of Nashville. And then, then you can live somewhere where the sheriff and then the, the county police are not enforcing unconstitutional laws. Then you can live in a constitutional society, even though technically your state is doing something unconstitutional. And that's exactly what you want to have. That's why we're always fighting to try and remember that we are 50 separate states. It's, it's harder to move to another state. But hey, we got to remember that we're not just one giant, one single nation. We're just 50 separate states that decided we were going to pull some money together and try to protect ourselves. And after that, we have to remember that we're 50 separate states. And if everyone had that mindset that we were 50 separate states, then you would have a lot less division between the people because California would not have to worry about what people in Texas are doing. And people in Seattle would not need to fight about what people in Alabama are doing. And people in Alabama wouldn't have to be mad about what people in Illinois are doing. We're 50 separate states. If you like Alabama, then live in Alabama. Mm -hmm. If you like California, then live in California. And, and then you can actually live closer to a society that you want to live in. And we can naturally all divide out into the most constitutional states and the most unconstitutional. And then all the unconstitutional ones will be asking us for a loan in like five or 10 years, probably, because they've destroyed their economies. So that, that's just the better way to do it. So I don't this, know what, what else you got. Well, this reminds me of uh, a couple things. Uh, Patrick Henry's Liberty or Death <clears throat> speech, give me liberty or give me death, uh, reminds me of that in a way, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, first, I want to tell you why that reminds me, because there's an article from the Washington Examiner that says, quote, the law is the law. Virginia Democrats float prosecution, National Guard deployment if police don't enforce gun control. So in lieu of this, there has been some Virginia Democratic officials that have been interviewed that have basically said words of war, by the way. Yeah. So let me read some of these quotes for you. Um, so here's a quote. I would hope that they either resign in good conscience because they cannot uphold the law, which they are sworn to uphold or they're prosecuted for failure to fulfill their oath. Democratic Virginia rep Jerry Connolly told the Washington examiner examiner of local county police who may refuse to enforce future gun control measures. Quote, the law is the law. If that becomes the law, you don't have a choice. Not if you're a sworn officer of the law, which by the way, that sworn officer of the law took an oath to protect and defend the constitution Above anything else. Yeah. So there's some words of war. Here's another one. Quote, they certainly risk funding because if the sheriff's department is not going to enforce the law, they're going to lose money. The county's attorney's office, the county's attorney's offices are not going to have the money to prosecute because their prosecutions are going to go down. This is coming from uh, Democratic Virginia rep Donald McIan. Um, here's another quote. Ultimately, I'm not the governor, but the governor may have to nationalize the national guard to enforce the law. 
That's his call because I don't know how serious these counties are and how severe the violations of law will be, but that's obviously an option that he has. So these are basically words of war that if you do not comply, that we will send a standing army to enforce you to comply. Now here's a couple things. One, the counties don't need state Mm. money. They might need them right now, but I guarantee you if they, the sheriff's office needed a fundraiser, because they were not going to comply with unconstitutional laws. There are going to be a lot of people that donate. And then we'll prove that we don't need to have the bigger governments anyway. Pre- exactly. Or the, ta- the taxation. Exactly. We can take care because of our own. Because the people will come together and fund the sheriff's department on their own if they have to. Right. Yeah. And so the reason why, you know, this give me liberty, give me liberty or give me death speech is more than just about give me liberty or give me death. Um, when Patrick Henry was given the speech, what he was alluding to uh, in Richmond, Virginia, by the way, March 23rd, 1775, <laughs> what he was alluding to in this speech was the fact uh, he was convincing people that what Britain was doing before, um, before we submitted uh, the Declaration of Independence, what he was saying was that what Great Britain is doing is not something um, they weren't trying to be nice or kind. They were sending standing armies for a reason. Yeah. Right. What he was saying is don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by your overseers right now. And don't be fooled by the gifts they're trying to give you and whatever he's saying they're sending standing armies because they want war. So don't be fooled Virginia by what these Democrats are saying that this is just, you know, uh, common sense gun control measures. These are words of war. That's what they are. And I want to read some of this. I'll read, uh, you know, something that you're familiar with, but one of my favorite pieces here, and I'm going to go a little further so you can see what I'm saying. He says, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided. And that is the lamp of experience. I know no way of judging of the future, but by the past and judging by the past, I wish to know what there has been in the conduct of the British ministry for the last 10 years to justify those hopes with which gentlemen have been pleased to solemn solace themselves and the house. Essentially what he's saying here is what has the British government done in the last 10 years to make you think that there's any hope at all that we can actually have a peaceful rev peaceful revolution with them. He said, it is that insidious smile with which our petition has been lately received. Trust it not, sir. It will prove a snare to your feet. Suffer not yourselves to be betrayed with a kiss. Ask yourself how this gracious reception of our petition comports with these warlike preparations, which cover our waters and darken our land Are fleets and armies necessary to a work of love and reconciliation. <laughs> so think about that. If if the governor stands up the National Guard in Virginia, is is that not mean war? It does. Versus uh, the good of the populace. So learn from history. Learn from these types of things. These were very, very smart people. Well, what I was going to say, you just said the good of the populace. The good part about this being a local government that's doing this is those are the easiest people to change out, by the way. It's a lot easier for you to organize in your community. And if the people in these communities do not agree 
with what these counties are doing in trying to nullify these laws, they have a lot better chance of voting these people out. So you'll see whether or not this is the will of the people that are in that municipality, that are in that county. You will know whether or not it's the will of the people based on whether or not these people win re-election. And it's going to be much easier to judge that based on whether or not the sheriffs get re-election, the county commissioners or whatever they have there, whether or not these people actually get any type of re-election or if they're, if they're all booted out in favor of people who say that they want to follow the state law, then you'll know what the will of the people is at that point in time. But it's just, I think we have to remember just how important these sheriffs are. And I, I love this mission of, of the, uh, what, what was that? The um, Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. I love the mission of them. I, I think that that's an amazing thing. And I don't know, we need to support these people. We really we do. do. Yeah, you know, uh, we need to see if we can get Young Americans for Liberty to um, to hook us up with uh, getting Nick Friedis on here or something like that. Yeah, that would be good. Is he in Virginia? Is that I right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, he's yeah. a delegate in Virginia. The end of Patrick Henry's speech, which is what everyone is familiar with. I just want to remind you of these words. He says, and I'm telling you this because <clears throat> there is a line in the sand that I have drawn myself, and I, everyone listening will know this. But he said, "Is life so dear?" or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Nice. And that that is put in such obviously beautiful words. Um, and for me, it's actually the same when it comes to gun confiscation. I do have a line drawn in the sand, although I lost all of my weapons in a boating accident. If somebody tried to find them from me, yeah, the line in the sand is I will go down swinging or I guess slinging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. I, I refuse. I absolutely unequivocally refuse to ever, ever give up my weapons. I will never do it. What if I because report you as a potential danger to yourself I'm, or society? Then either I will win a battle or I'll lose. <laughs> and it's something that is not even in question for me. I'll never even, I know now, and I've thought about this. I know now that I would never do it because what comes after gun confiscation is worse. Yeah. And I don't care how long it takes to get there. What happens after gun confiscation is prison camp. And I refuse for myself or my child or anyone that I love to suffer that hell. It's worse. I'd rather go down swinging. I'll be there with you. So you <laughs> I hope I'm, it doesn't come to that. I'm declaring good morning, Liberty Sanctuary. Yep. There. This is a good morning, Liberty Sanctuary <laughs> zone. This is a gun sanctuary. Anyone that wants to come here, you come right over here to the studio. You're welcome. And we will help you fight the evil tyrannical state government for sure. They're probably going to shut us down after this. Actually, they might. Now that I think about it. I'm I here know. speaking the truth. This this can't be the worst thing ever said on a podcast, no. but I I think Facebook's probably already took it down. I'm just saying that's the line in the sand yeah. that I've drawn. Yeah, you and heard it here first. Actually, maybe it's a line in a rock, so it's more permanent. Yeah, like a rock the country? Yeah, like a rock. <laughs> okay, you draw a line in a rock. Well, in the sand, which in would Iraq. be in sand. Yeah, at that point in time. Okay, okay, but it's, well, it's turned to concrete, so it's now it's permanent. 
Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're actually already at 50 minutes for today. Because I knew I knew I was going to get on one. Yeah. On this. Anytime you it. have a, an opportunity to bring in Patrick Henry. That's <laughs> one of the greatest speeches. I know. You know, people don't they they don't go back and read this unbelievable writing that sometimes it's hard to understand. But a lot of times I find myself if I read it out loud, I can, you know, put it together because of the way they. They so eloquently spoke back then. Yeah. But, um, but God, it's, it's way more than just give me liberty, give me death. There's so much more in here that he talks about the history, uh, all of our founders, God, the, you know, they didn't build the constitution on a whim. No, it was built off of like 900 years worth of human suffering and misery under tyrannical governments. They knew what it was like. Their ancestors knew what it was like to suffer under tyranny. And that's where this constitution was derived. These, these people, our founders were not stupid by any means. And it wasn't just some idea that they came up with. It was built off the backs of suffering ancestors who suffered under tyrannical rule. I have a good quote from Thomas Paine. Are you ready for that? Yes. I prefer peace, but if trouble must come, let it come in my time so that my children may know peace. That's good. So good. That's good right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I just said. No, like no one I love will ever suffer. Yeah. Under that. Um, well, guys, we're going to have to end it right there because it's are already a late have time for Elon. It's yeah, all, are you saying we don't I'm have pulling, time for Elon I'm pulling Musk. Elon Musk. Listen, <laughs> moral of the Elon Musk story is um, everybody's a liar. Just everybody's a liar. Uh, we made a website called BernieLies.com, a website called LizLies.com. We should have made one called EverybodyLies.com, but I think the TV show House probably already has that one taken. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so I don't think we'd be able to get it. But it's it's a really crazy story about how Elon Musk, it was reported by Business Insider that he made $2.3 billion in 2018. And Tesla just absolutely destroyed that that point and said he made nothing from Tesla in 2018. He was given stock options that he only gets if he doubles the value of Tesla. And then he can cash in the stock, stock options. But the SEC made us report what the value of these stock options would be if he does cash them in. But he was not paid the money. He can't even cash them. Yet he was ranked. When you look up number one highest paid CEO in 2018, you're going to find most of the articles are going to say Elon Musk, 2.3 billion from Tesla. And he made zero. That's how important that is. He was given zero. That's how much of a lie all of these ideas are based on all the time all the time it even brought in the ceo of exxon mobile and it says over the last 10 15 years their ceos have only realized about 17 percent of the reported compensation what people said they made their ceos have only on average made about 17 percent of what the reported compensation was that's important when you're dealing with an ideology that is using things like CEO pay and executive pay to stoke hatred and divisiveness between all the people and decide that we have to enact all of these crazy laws all the time to tax the rich and take, and you use these completely false statements so you can make people form opinions that are, that is based on, that are based on lies all the time. And there, I just summed up the entire Elon Musk conversation. <laughs> we right can, there. we can take a lot more time to dive into that though, but Today's not the day, you know, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a Thursday type of thing. No, we'll do it. We'll do it tomorrow. It could be a good Friday throwaway. But guys, thank you so much for listening. I was going to say thank you so much for sharing the things that we post online. 
you know, it, it really means a lot. I mean, even something as simple as, I was amazed the other night, we changed our profile picture on Facebook and people shared that. Like, it's, that's so cool. That is it's cool. It's just a really cool thing. So we've been able to, to grow this and keep it growing and to over 11,000 something followers on Facebook and, and you know, close to 5,000 on Instagram, you know, coming from nothing like a year ago. And it's just really cool to see it keep growing all the time and more and more people listen to the podcast. And if you care about this message and everything that we're talking about, then continue sharing, continue telling your friends about the podcast. We can... We can't guarantee you that we'll be here at the specific time every single day. We might miss a day sometimes or something like that, but we can guarantee you that everything we say is truthful and it always has liberty as the basis all the time. You start from one principle, which is that you own yourself. That's a really simple principle. You own yourself. It means that I own myself. And when everyone owns themselves, then you try to make some laws after that and ask whether or not you can actually do that if that person is not hurting people or taking their stuff. You have got to realize that you own yourself, that other people own themselves, and how ridiculous some of these laws and regulations that we have from our governments are, and how they're actually hurtful to the people that they are pretending like they are helping. It is, it is not a good idea whatsoever. So we talk about that every day, and thank you guys so much for sharing. If you haven't, Go ahead and follow us on Instagram, which is at Good Morning Liberty, on Twitter, which is at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. Look us up on YouTube, Good Morning Liberty. If you want to do that, we go live every single day when we're doing the podcast and go to goodmorningliberty.us if you want to read some amazing, perfect, beautiful, tremendous articles on politics and economics. You know, some people ask me sometimes, hey, why is it goodmorningliberty.us instead of goodmorningliberty.com? Well, yeah. first of all, we're in America and yeah. this is America. So dot us is what fits. If you look at other countries, websites, I don't know if you shop anywhere else, but for instance, in the UK, it's dot UK, by the way, in, in yeah. Denmark, it's dot D E for Denmark. So we decided to go with dot us plus, um, I don't think dot com was yeah, available. Plus goodmorningliberty.com was taken. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so it's goodmorningliberty.us because we're American made, American born, American blood and bread. And, uh, America. you know, so, yeah, we're all about the 4th of July. That's exactly what we're about. <laughs> so you see our upside down flag even. Yeah, you know? that's that's what it's all about here. So uh, another thing is we had a, a cool phone call earlier today with uh, some more podcast talk. And I was helping a friend of mine out kind of get started in this thing. And it reminded me of when we started and to see how far we've come when it comes to this whole life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Like, why do you do what you do every day? Because look, when we first started, there weren't but 10 or 15 listeners yeah. of this show. And as you were mentioning, to see the progress that we've made in just a year's time is just unfathomable. And it's just amazing to see you guys out there watching, sharing, listening, um, and, and to see the audience size grows and, and people believing in the message of liberty uh, in fact, my mom, which I know she's my mom, but my mom <laughs> said that she even changed some of her beliefs All right. on what she viewed about economics and, and liberty and what the government's role is. Uh, and so stuff like that is cool. And I've had other people besides my mom, I've had other people, you know, talk to me about those things. I have a really good friend of mine named, uh, his name's Michael Jasper. He's the, the head coach of, uh, Bethel college now, uh, head football coach. He's a big old boy. 
The guy played uh, <laughs> offensive lineman for oh, yeah, the him. Titans. Yeah. Uh, he was an NFL player. Now he's a, a coach at a college. But he even said through our conversations how the Liberty influence has changed his views. And in fact, he became a member of the Libertarian Party, by the way. Nice. Um, now, since becoming head coach, I don't think he's as uh, politically active because it's they probably don't let you do that. But, you know, these types of conversations and the message that we're sending and not only doing that, but like putting our money where our mouth is and, and supporting organizations like Young Americans for Liberty and people that are doing the groundwork. And actually, we go out and we do the groundwork. You know, we go and we we speak at conferences and we actually uh, are helping the Tennessee chapter uh, doing some organized, uh, organized events here locally, which is what you should do as well. Get involved locally, put your money where your mouth is. And speaking of that, you can support this show. Yeah. You can help us keep going because it's your dollars that help support the show and help us keep doing what we're doing. Because look, this microphone, it, it looks amazing. And it also <laughs> costs a lot to keep, to make it look amazing. Yeah. So all the money you send in through our shop at goodmorningliberty.us slash shop that goes directly into my pocket to help pay for all of the equipment. You yeah. See. There you go. Put your money where your ears are. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. And if you want an easier dot com solution to our good morning, liberty.us, you can go to GML connect. That's gmlconnect.com. There's all the links for all of our social medias for our shop, for Bernie lies, Liz lies, whatever you want to go to, everything that encompasses Good Morning Liberty and this message, you can go there. That's gmlconnect.com. Guys, if you do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Leave us a rating and review. Epstein didn't kill himself. Have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs> I forgot about Epstein.